This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Pride of West London end of season Be Sausage podcast. We're coming to you live, well not so much live now, but it was live when I said it, live and direct from the George IV pub in Chiswick. It's one of our, it's one of our, it's part of our staple isn't it? We, we come here quite a lot, it's a quality boozer, they look after us well. If you like a board game, I'd suggest you come down here. Um, if you like good beer and good food, suggest you come down here too. We were going to do this this time last week and it, it didn't quite happen, but serendipity is that more of us were available this week and we've got a fine collection of Bees fans with, with me tonight. I'm Dave Laney Lane and to my left it's Savvy B. Savvy B, how are you mate? Uh, I'm very well, thank you Dave. Uh, thank you for inviting me. It's, um, it's always a joy. It's always a joy to be on the podcast. It's an even bigger joy to be on the end of season podcast. It is. We're kind of relaxed. We all, we all know our fate. There's been nothing. There's no jeopardy involved. There's no promotion, relegation or anything else. Brentford finished top half of the table again for the fifth year running. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I have to Sav's left, Gary GP Paul. GP. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm very good. Have you got plenty to talk about tonight? Uh, yeah, plenty to talk about. The only thing is that um, looking over what we're going to be discussing, I did realise, oh damn, I've got to send my memory back another nine months and you know, there's been a lot of alcohol consumed in, in those months, so it might be a bit fuzzy. Yeah, it's fuzzy logic. Sometimes the best answers come out of that. So I'd suggest you have a couple more beers and then the, the memory process seems to get lubricated amongst other things. And that which reminds me of a YouTube that I... Well, no, 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 Billy, no. Billy's not here. Billy's not here. Um, I hope Ash is all right. Billy's wife. Um, uh, there's been a bit of a, um, a family situation back in Ireland. So Billy's babysitting. Um, I hope all is good in the hood back in northwest London. Um, and then two GPs left. We have Dan, the man, man. How are you, Dan? 
Very well, thanks for having me on here. It's always good to get on here and you know get my opinion across. Don't get on as many as I was like. So yeah, it's good to be here. We've had we've had players, ex we've players and ex players. We've had like in the the end of season ones, but all the ones that were available seem to have been not retained by the club. So uh, <laughs> so uh, it's just maybe it's a blessing in disguise. We can talk about things a little bit more openly. I I do find when you've got a player amongst you, you have to be extra polite. <laughs> um, and then with, with a couple of the foreign lads that we've had, they didn't quite get some of the in jokes as well. So Chatsi uh, Theodori. Um, was was quality, wasn't he? He was great. Uh, I wasn't there with that one. Weren't you? Oh, you missed out. Yeah, he was he was a good lad, um, but he's not here anymore. So uh, <laughs> so whoever we get on the podcast tends to disappear. So it's like again poison chalice. So we've got um, Cham de Silva. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you, Dave. Thanks for inviting me back. It's good to be here. Yeah, you've got you still got the um, security tag on your on your, on your ankle. No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> that's, that's been removed. That's good. Um, Matt, the Allard, Allard. He's he's a almost a week in week outer. Um, he normally only turns up when Liberal Nick said he's not going to come onto the podcast. Um, Liberal Nick is not here tonight, so the Allard is mysteriously available at the last minute. How does that How does that work? Yeah, he, he, he put it on the WhatsApp group that he wasn't able to come, so I thought I'd pop in. I think he's, 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 he's obviously off committing voter fraud, I would imagine, somewhere. somewhere no, not, not allowed to mention the election. Oh, that's true, yeah. But, well, I think you can if we broadcast tomorrow, not oh, just yeah, not yeah. today. So I think, I think we're quite safe. Ms. Mulally. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm oh, very good, thank you. What, what, what brings you here tonight? I don't know, really. I was in the middle of watching a cricket match, and then I had to drag myself away to talk about football, and it's, like, nearly June. And I sent a little, like, a list of questions around, like, before, ahead of this, to help us prepare for tonight. You, you seem to be struggling. I only saw them when I got here five minutes ago, so, um, yeah, I'm going to cheat, basically. Okay. And it seems to be a similar, a similar, it's like a shared thought tonight, is that we've actually forgotten about the season already, <laughs> which doesn't actually help when you're trying to put together like a prize-winning end-of-season podcast, but we don't stand any chance of doing that. So we'll, we'll, we'll muddle our way through, and we'll muddle our way through with Robin Hood. How are you, Robin? Phrase I've not used so far on this podcast, teething tremendous, absolutely teething tremendous. Teething tremendous? Teething. Teething tremendous? Tremendous with my teeth, yeah. Okay, nice. <laughs> Interesting. Is that what you will? And Ian Westbrook, thanks for joining us. You, you, you've come in last knocking straight from work. Straight from work, exactly. Uh, district line wasn't too bad, so I made it on time. Loyal. It's absolute loyalty that's been shown around the table tonight. As I said, we're in the George IV in Chiswick. It's a regular haunt of ours. And uh, we are, we are going to have a really good... We're going to have a fun-packed night tonight. Um, let's do a little bit of a, a bit of a news roundup. actually. We've got it's five players that have been confirmed as definitely leaving from the A-team squad. Um, it won't come as any surprise, you know, Johan Barbe was, you know, he was waving goodbye for with, you know, four or five weeks to go to the season. Um, a couple of these will be a blessing in disguise as well. Josh McEachran, who started the season very well. Um, we, 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 pinned a lot of hopes on him early on um, it, it didn't materialise we said he had, to, he had to do it over nine months he did it over three and um, he did, if that yeah and he, and, he, and he couldn't play for 90 minutes in pretty much any of the games he started so you know it was probably best that he moves on not quite sure what happens to him from now on but not our problem Jack Bonham again 
player that's not really done it for us. Um, one or two decent games, but half a dozen nightmare games. So, you know, it's another one that moves on. Um, it's the right decision. Lewis McLeod, uh, dogged by injury. Uh, some, some real highlights, I thought. Very, very promising player. I'm sure he'll go on um, and he'll do well somewhere. He probably actually needs a new start. And, um, you know, it's a shame it didn't work out for him. But, you know, it's, that's the way it goes. The one, the one that I'm still scratching my head about slightly is Moses Odebajo. Um, we, we thought he was not too good for us when he came back and trained. We didn't actually believe that it would, you know, it would come to pass that he would sign for us. Um, he did that. We had a, we had a year, year's contract with an option of a further year. We didn't exercise that, 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 con- that option. So uh, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, whether it's money, whether it's fitness, whether it is whatever it is. Um, but Moses, he's, in his two stints at Brentford, has done an exceptional job. And again, you know, let's hope that he goes and finds a, a proper place for his talent um, in the championship. And he has a really, really good rest of his career. So, first question is really looking to those five players. We'll have a little twang, but then I'm going to ask a question Will we miss any of them, or is it just a good time for some churn? So before the twang, I asked that question, the five players that we've let go, are we going to miss any of them or is it just a good time to have a clear out and uh, allow some wages to be spent or some new talent or to upgrade some B-team players, whatever the DOFs decide? So Ian, are we going to miss any of them or is it just a good time? I think we'll miss Barbe and uh, Odebejo, to be honest. I think Barbe, I know he wasn't everybody's favourite player, but I think his commitment always made him somebody who gave 100% in every game. Some of his last-ditch tackles when he'd wrap his leg around a striker, time it perfectly. And his experience. I think you know, when we had a, a young defence, someone like him in there really made a difference. And Moses, his versatility, you know, he played left-back, right-back, even played um, on the wing, I think, one game. I think it's a shame that both of them have left. I and mean, Barbo, I think we knew, was going to leave from halfway through the season. But Moses, as you said, definitely was a surprise. The others, McEachern... I've seen a half good season in four years, like most of us. McLeod's never really seen the best of him, and Bonham hasn't played for us, so I don't think we'll miss him. Robin, um, we're obviously trying to bring in players that are capable of taking us to the next level, to, to, to take us to the Premier League. Are any of those players Premier League quality in, in, your, in your view? Um, I think Moses, before his injury, proved that he w- he was definitely going to be Premier League quality. Um, obviously, uh, some fitness doubts and injuries put pay to that. I certainly think Barbe, with a bit of fine tuning, would have pl- would have made it in the Premiership potentially. Uh, I think I'd g- I gave up on McEachern, uh three years ago. To be quite honest, I'm not happy to I'm not happy to admit that. Uh, with Lewis McLeod and Jack Bonham, uh, I don't th- I think it's fair to say they didn't, due to various circumstances, they didn't get a fair run in the team. So I don't think. I think with a couple of regular first team seasons under their belt, then we might we, we won't have known what they were capable of. But for me, for, def- for sure, I think Moses and Barbe could have potentially played for us in the Premiership. Uh, I wish them all the best. Maybe less so McEachern actually. Um, I miss. I wish. I w- um, I, with McLeod, I wish him the best because obviously he's a talented boy, but a bit uh, knocked by injuries. But with Moses and Barbe, uh, not just as players, but I think as advocates and representatives of the club, I thought they were outstanding. 
um, and that kind of, and, and as Ian alluded to earlier, that kind of um, experience and representation of Brentford Football Club will be missed. Ali, we're in the last season at Griffin Park. We, as we as we sort of move our way through the summer months, and we we're going to get the fixtures come out in June. The new season will, be, you know, be honest before we know it. It's going to be a busy, busy summer. So we've got probably five players that we need to replace. Are we gonna are we gonna promote from within, or do you expect those players to be, you know, new additions from outside? Just change the question on me. Well, you know, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I was going to, well, no, well, no, and, and the missing and the, is it a good time as well? Uh, I think there'll probably be some promotion from within. Um, I like, um, from the Beacon, I'm not, like the guy whose name begins with Z and I can never remember. Sound it. Sound That's right. the one. I, I really, really like the look of him and I think Force, if he stays fit, could do very well. Um, but I, I think we'll definitely have to, I think we'll probably promote one or two from within, but, um. I think you'll probably see three, four, possibly incoming. So we're not going to miss any of those? Uh, we will miss Josh McEachran hugely like a massive hole in the head. <laughs> um, I think we will miss Moses. My big worry my big worry about Moses going is Rico, fantastic player, and I love Rico to bits, only ever stays fit for five minutes at a time. Um, I can't see Rico getting through a whole season without an injury. Um, and our two cover, real co- covers that we've used at left-back were Johan Barbe and um, Moses Odebajo. So that's a little bit of a worry. I was shocked about Moses, devastated about Barbe. I think he's a great player. I think um, he's a real leader and somebody with experience, which a young squad needs, which we always say we need more experience. And, but I think he wanted to go. Um, we'll miss those two. And I, I, I think McLeod, due to his injuries, was the one that got away. He could have been a real legend, really could. A huge talent. The Allard, what's your spin on this, mate? Um, well, we don't. We, we, the last three years suggest that we won't miss them because we generally, somehow, and I don't know how we do it, we generally seem to replace most of the players to the point where we don't, you know, end up, you know, think of Hotter leaving or, or um, you know, very others, Woods, for, you know, two, two examples, there's plenty more. And, um, and in the end, we haven't missed them. And, and, and they were players that, you know, were, you know, first name on the team sheets almost whereas I don't think you can make this argument for any of those five um, Odebarjo um, has been you know he's, his versatility has been good because he can play on either side um, and Barbe just gives you a bit of balance um, on the, as a left-handed side as centre-back but you know we saw Rakic play there um, in a couple of games towards the end of the season and um, I thought he did you know thought he did pretty well so I, I, I don't think we will miss them So you, you don't think we'll miss them the, and we can promote from within and replace, or do we? Are you? Or do we have to go into the transfer market? Uh, we'll, we'll go into the transfer market because we'll sell um, at least two or three players anyway, um, and I would suspect we'll probably balance it with three. I, I, I would think you know we'd probably sign two more than we sell that will kind of balance the Barbe or the Barju side, um, and then the other three will easily be replaced by B team players. Not even a. I think. I think. I certainly. You know. I'll echo what people have already said. I think. You know. Johan Barbe is the one clearly that we'll miss. It's his experience. His, his enthusiasm. is contagious. He, he. He. 
really does give his all for for the badge on his on his, on his shirt um and it but it was clear obviously he wanted to go back to france and and uh to sort of go you know spend more time with his family or whatever back there so you know he, he goes with he certainly goes with my blessing and and i've i've really enjoyed watching him as a brentford as a brentford player um and Moses, I think I'm, we're not privy, but I'm sure there might be fitness issues and what have you. It might be something to do with that as well. So we'll see what happens. Sav, I'm going to come to you next because my arm's aching, reaching across the table, and I'll, I'll go round. So, are we going to miss any of those five, or are you more excited about who we're going to bring in? Uh, well, I've, I've always really liked Phil Giles's point that uh, you can't improve the team unless you let some people go. It's about opening pathways for either players from the B team or new players coming in that are better. Because that's what we've been doing in the past six years. We've been letting players go and bringing in some really extraordinarily better players. And, uh, you, know, you know, everyone said, oh, we're hot going, terrible. Oh, my God, well, how are we going to cope? Shows us soon going, oh, how are we going to cope? And we've got Ben Rama. So we just keep replacing these players. And I can see that happened again. Uh, I, I echo what people were saying about Barbe and his, um, you know, his, his sort of loyalty, not loyalty, but you know, his, his presence at the club and so what he can give outside of the, the actual pitch. And uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate his work in, in the community as well. Um, but I think we, we can get better players than that. I mean, I, you know, I, he's never been, as far as I'm concerned, the best defender we've had anyway. So... Uh, but I, I do, I do think Moses is a, a class act. I think he will go to a uh, a good team, and I think he he will. His as um, yeah, I think I think he'll be missed because of where he can play. But uh, again, you know, I I have total faith in the club that they can get it better. GP Sav raises an important point there, which is that whenever any of our players go that we like, we we collectively you know some to a more you know bigger extent some to a lesser extent we go into a little bit of panic mode it's like oh my god we can't let them go they're good but it's almost like a doubt that we're able to replace but we we by and large we do obviously there you know everyone can pull up a, a, an example of one that hasn't worked out but is no one on god's earth is ever gonna get it right every single time and sometimes they're a great player somewhere else and it doesn't quite fit when they get to Brentford or wherever. So should we just be a little bit more relaxed when this churn happens, when, this, when, we, when we lose players? Should we just kind of have a little bit more faith in that, the fact that we're going to be all right? I think really you've got to put these things into context. If you look at the season as a whole, we've bumbled around in like 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, around there for most of the season. And through games being called off and things like that, we've skiffled our way into the top half of the league at the end of it. Um, we haven't, you know, when we look overall, we haven't exactly set this league alight this season. Um, so we do need to freshen up. And I remember I was talking to Billy after the Preston game and I said, yeah, it looks like a team that does need a freshening up, you know. Some some people are going to have to go and because they're not doing it. If you look at the individuals if you look at set for set for Bonham and I've seen a great improvement in Bonham from like his first games and from when he first got here he's put a lot of hard work in um, unfortunately I don't think he's at the level that we require to be a better team than we are at the moment McEachern the same as I said we saw what he can do at the beginning of the season but 
in his time at Brent, we've seen those glimpses, which has really frustrated us. Um, and again, you look at Moses and um, Barbe, they're, you know, I think, you know, the great guys, but if, it, if our um, recruitment is looking soon, we can do better. We've got to trust that that's what they can do. And we're going to find out this quite soon, you know, um, the, 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 the end of season in terms of contracts happens at the end of May. Um, then we're all obviously into kind of recruitment and re- replenishing and, and, and bolstering this, this team for the sixth, sixth time in the championship. So, you know, f- personally... For me, you know, six years in the in the championship is 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 the stuff that dreams are made of. Still, you know, I might you might I might be an old fart, and I, and I might have spent way too many years watching Brentford bumming around the the bottom two leagues. But you know, I'm I'm more than happy watching my team prove that they're a, a brilliant football inside week in week out, up and down this league. And I'm 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 genuinely excited to be uh, to go in into this last season at Griffin Park. In, in, in this division and probably with another exciting team. Dan, so Thomas Frank, he's got his first full season ahead of him. He's made some, he's with, along with the DOF, they've, they've made some quite brave decisions here. You know, they've, they've, they've had to decide where to spend their money to whether, whether to try and you know, um, to, to, to tempt these players to extend their contracts or just let them go. Letting them go, are you going to miss any of them? I think Barbe will definitely miss. Um, but I mean, I think as, as I think we've touched on it before, you know, there's clearly a plan in place. You know, the, the club doesn't panic when big players go. There's clearly some sort of hit list knocking around on a, on a computer somewhere with players who the club think would be good for this club. You know, a lower price to then sell on for a for a bigger price so, you know Barbe and, and um, uh, Moses definitely I think will definitely miss but you know I'm, I'm confident that that next gem that we're going to find is is out there and, and we'll get them in so you know let's not panic just yet <laughs> Cham are you panicking just yet? No I, I think the DOFs have proven since they've been here that they're very capable of not just finding players but replacing players at a very good cost I think the best thing and the most exciting thing is our B team. Already, um, we've seen from their final performances and when they won it at Griffin Park as well, Archibald and Calder Silva could, could easily replace um, Odebajo or had the potential to. And Mads and Luka Rakic in those last few performances did very, very well. Um, so the replacements are there. Whether they can step up in pre-season and prove to Thomas Frank that they can um, do it day by day in the championship uh, remains to be seen. But so far, it should be good. I think if the, um, the B, B team players do step up, we need to give them time to bed in. I think as a, as a fan base, we need to not... You know, they, they will make mistakes, and we, we've seen it towards the end of the season where the B team players who have stepped up have made a, have thrown a wobble. And I think we just need to relax and not get on their back straight away because we'll destroy those players. And clearly, that there is raw talent within those players. And let's not, you know, get on their backs and destroy it. And, you know, yeah. So, talking about those B team players, a lot of them have got a fairly busy summer ahead of them. Some some of the A team are involved in international duty. Um, Cameron Macocho has 
been confirmed that he's in the South African squad for the um, African Cup of Nations. Um, I'm not quite sure whether Saeed Benrahma's fitness has, has, let, has, has been allowed him to be included in the um, Algerian squad. We'll, we'll confirm that. But the B, the B team, well, the, Henrik Dalsgaard is in the squad for Denmark. Um, they play two uh, games in June, 7th and 10th of June, Republic of Ireland and Georgia. Um, we've mentioned him a couple of times already. He's an A-stroke B-teamer, um, Jan Zambarek. Uh, he's an, in the under-18 Czech Republic squad in an eight-team tournament, the Slov- Slovakia Cup. So that's, that's going on at the moment. Mazbek Sorensen and Luka Ratchic uh, both have played for the, the A-team. They've been called up for Denmark's under-20s for games against Iceland and Norway, again, on the 7th and the 10th of June. Um, and then Kenise Carroll, um, a player that we brought in from Oxford, is in is in our B team. He played for the Oxford A team, um, but he's, he's he's playing for the Republic of Ireland in what was the Toulon Under Twenty One tournament. Ireland are in Group C with Bahrain, China, and Mexico. So obviously, we wish all of those B team and A team players very well. Um, Besotted will be in Cairo for the group stages of the African Nations tournament. There's four, there's four of us going out. We're going to fly to Cairo on the 26th of June. And I think, well, I've got tickets for South Africa and Namibia. Um, so hopefully Camo will be playing in that. Um, hopefully you've got tickets for an Egypt game in Cairo, either the night we get there or on the Sunday before we come back, which will be absolutely crazy to see the home nation in Cairo so um, and then if Saeed is taking any any part in that tournament we'll be there to support him in that game as well so we'll we'll sort a flag out perhaps and um, but we'll be there and we'll we'll be tweeting so yeah again we wish all of our A and B teamers very very well in their international tournaments this summer um, after this twang, we're going to come back and do a little section. So it's the best and worst and the, the craziest and the funniest and bits and bobs. But also we should look at what we said at the very beginning of the season. And, and oh, look at his little face. Look at his little face. Yeah, Robin Hood's face is lit up. He's got, he's, got, he's got grass written all over him. He's, a, he's an informer, a snitch. The twang is now over. With, there is one more of us as well. Edward the Headwood has joined a happy gathering. How are you, mate? I'm really good. Thank you. Uh, apologies for my tardiness. Um, I was knocking about and was, was delayed from work. And Yeah, let's not get into that. Um, but but gl- glad to be here and uh, be with the rest of the crew. Have a few beers. intimidating people at the polling stations? <laughs> Maybe. That's your job, isn't it? So, I'm going to pass my phone over to Robin Hood and he's going to grass us all up for what we said was going to happen this season and, by and large, probably didn't happen. So, there you go, mate. Have my phone. Thank you very much. I'd like you to all, all to now cast your minds back. It's ten months ago. Pre-season's over. The season's about to begin. We're all optimistic. We're all looking forward Dean's to... a play. Yeah, Dean Smith's still in charge. <laughs> We're all looking forward to a fantastic playoff push and potential premiership mo- prim- uh, promotion to the premiership. But sometimes it doesn't quite go that way. Now, Savvy B, cast your mind back. 
Could you please remind me as to who you thought were going to do better than the pundits predicted? Do you remember what you said? No, Fair enough. Good game's quick. <laughs> a lot of pundits look at crowd size tradition and money spent and decide that the big teams will fill up the top spot. Therefore, it's the Brentford again. And it didn't happen, did it? Uh, no, it, it didn't happen, but it should have done. Should have done. <laughs> he, all, he, didn't most, he didn't get it the most wrong, though, did he? No, he didn't. Um, Martin Dutchman, you might be listening to this, mate. You said third. Um, a very optimistic guess, but unfortunately didn't quite get there. Um, right, who else can I wheedle out here? Ian, well, could you remind me as to who you said were going to do better or worse than the pundits predict? I said Leeds would do better than the pundits because of Bielsa, and I said Derby would do worse. So... So what do we think of that? Leads are falling apart again. Ed, I'm going to throw it over to you now. Thanks for joining us. Um, you said that Norwich were going to do better than all the pundits predicted. And I think that's a very, very astute observation. You also said that Stoke City were going to do far worse than the pundits predicted, which is another one. Do you remember what you said? Where you said we'd finish, though? Fifth? Yeah, correct. It didn't work out, did it? <laughs> um, I think it wouldn't be a bizotted Pride of West London podcast without Liberal Nick. And amazingly, he actually got our, <laughs> he actually got our finishing position correct. Bang on, 11th place. So I think that... Pre- yeah. Round of applause. OK, it's enough now, enough now. Yeah. Um, and he also... Um, he also did say that Villa would do better than the pundits predicted and we'd get, uh, get a cut run if the gene, if a magic a genie gave us a wish. So fair play to Liberal Nick. Probably the only time he's ever been this right. Um, <laughs> Ali, you've got the scoop on a certain Paul Grimes, I believe. Oh, yes, yes. I, I was just having a little flick through. And uh, Paul... <laughs> this, is, this is the best one. Who will do better than the pundits predict? Ipswich. Well, if you thought it's which were going to be in League One, I suppose you could be right. Not being funny, though, but who would have thought Ipswich would finish bottom and Alan Judge would sign for him? That, that was the, they were the two. Alan Judge signing for the team that broke his leg. You know, no, no one would have predicted that. I was just like, I, I think that's, that is really the saddest thing. A couple of years ago, Judgey was on the verge of going to the Premier League, and now he's back in League One. And I think that's just. Really, really sad. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame that um, to see. Yeah, he's, he's been called up to the Ireland squad, but it is a shame to see his um, him sort of not plummet down the leagues because I think he should do really well at Ipswich, and I think League One might be a good chance, might be a fantastic chance for him to rebuild his career. So, um, Allard, uh, who did you say you thought would do better than the pundits predicted? Do you remember? Yeah, I said um, Blackburn. You did indeed, and that was because everyone said they were going to be relegated. So I, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take that. Um, that's not the only team that you mentioned, though, was it? Um, and there might have been another one. Something about Millwall doing far better than the pundits predicted. Did I say that? Yeah, yeah you did. I, I did also say Brentford would finish above Millwall this season. Fair enough. Okay, I'll give you that one. Um, and and not that I'm. That's true, actually. I mean, I'm, I'm not one to talk about predictions. I mean, I d- fair enough. I, I, I did say that I thought Leeds would do worse than the pundits predicted and that West Brom would do better, uh, but I wish that Judge would stay and return to his best, and none of those two things happen. Um, 
And just one final one, I think it's fair to say. Billy, I think you're an absolutely fantastic predictor of football. But what was that bit you said about Rotherham doing far better than the pundits predicted? Did they not? No, they didn't, they didn't, Dave. Well, I'm not going to speak for him. No, he can speak for himself. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think a lot of the predictions going through it were quite spot on. Some realistic ones. Uh, we all sort of thought that Brentford optimistically would finish in and around the playoffs. Um, and Apart from Liberal Nick, who was right. There you go. I said it. Heard on this podcast only. Thanks for that. And as, as you say, you know, it's, when, when you look back nine or ten months ago, you know, obviously that, you know, your first, your first thought is always a positive one. Everyone looks forward to a new season, especially, you know, in a, a team like us in our position. You know, there, there, are, there, are, there are teams up and down this country at the moment, like Bolton and, and a few others that, you know, next season doesn't, and Berry it doesn't look great for them. Um, but for us next year, you know, we're, you know, for, for, uh, for want of repeating myself, we are in the second tier of English football. We are one of the best proactive attacking teams in this country at the moment people look at us with envy so I, w- I wouldn't have thought that 10 years ago so uh so we we look forward but we are gonna after this twang we're gonna look back at some of our highlights oh stroll what 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 i said millwall did did last year better than the pundits predicted but they won't do this year oh. <laughs> I'd like, to, I'd, like to, I'd like to formally apologise to Matt Allard. He's an ex- esteemed pundit in the Bizotic crew. Yeah, but an extremely, extremely petty man. <laughs> so welcome back from the twang. Press the button wrong. We got the playoffs this weekend. The finals are all at Wembley. Some really interesting matches. Leeds aren't included. <laughs> Oh, uh, there was the the, the, the pettiness, the the Twitter shithousery that followed that was was incredible, and and I have to say it underlines Leeds' growing reputation as the most hated team in the world football. I'd say you know you know it, it the, the 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 love that was shared amongst every football fan yeah. that they they'd fucked it up again was was it was incredible and and you know we we wanted them to screw it up um, and they did it in brilliant style and you know and Bielsa hopefully he'll go and um, there'll be some sort of implosion so no i mean i'm not petty you know obviously i'm not petty either so west brom as well they and so we got final of the final at Wembley on Monday of the two teams to get out of this division on Derby County and Aston Villa and Frank Lampard, Frank, Frank Lampard. well John, John Terry's mum's Aston Villa <laughs> and Frank Lampard's ex Frank Lampard's who, who it, it would seem might be going to Chelsea it's so, so uh, you know, again, the merry-go-round happens before the season's even finished. Um, <laughs> whether Frank Lampard will still be Derby manager for the final, we'll see. But it, it looks like he's bound to go to Chelsea at some stage. And obviously coming out of League One, we've got Charlton and Sunderland playing on the Sunday afternoon. Um, and you would, you would hope that Charlton come out of that, to be honest with you, because... No? Oh, well, that's just a personal opinion. So, uh, so, so, who do you... Wait, 
Ian, who do you want to come up and go down and whatever? I'd like Charlton to come up. They'll give us five London teams in the Championship. be quite interesting. I think for Dean Smith, I'd like to see Villa go up and see how he'd do in the Premier League. Um, I, I fear that he might not do that well and by November Terry will be Villa manager but uh, I think I'd like to see him win it Well John Terry's been interviewed at Middlesbrough apparently as well Oh was he? I hadn't seen that yeah, well, well, Allegedly Allegedly, allegedly out in there in the old Twitter sphere um, Yeah I mean, I, mean I, I, don't, I don't wish Dean Smith harm um, so you know you, you would hope that you know he's inherited a, a cracking squad there um, and, and, he's, and he seems to have momentum going for him. Do you, do you think Villa are going to do it against Derby? Uh, I th- I'd, I'd like to see. I think Villa will do it. I think I'd l- prefer to see Villa go up than Derby County, to be quite honest. Um, as much as Dean Smith, um, as an ex-manager, you, you have that sort of c- a certain amount of animosity towards him leaving. But for what he did for the club and him as a person, from what I've heard of him, really nice guy. So I wish him. I wish. I hope he goes up in a similar sort of vein to players like Jack O'Connell and John Egan going up to the Premiership. Fair play to them. Yeah. Uh, in terms of League One, um, I'd like to see Charlton. I'm with Ian. I'd like to see. Charlton come up there'll be another London team uh, and a very good friend of mine who's a very big Charlton fan it would be nice to get doing 5-0 at the Valley next season and just rub in his face yeah I'm, I'm, to be honest with you I'm really bored of going to Derby County I'm really bored of that Pride Park experience we don't do well there at all and uh, Aston Villa I've got happier memories of you know we've still not won there but you know it's going to happen at some stage we're we're a really good match for Aston Villa so uh, you know personally yeah Villa let, 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 let them go probably but Derby Derby and Charlton are you happy with that? For me, uh, I have this underlying bubbling annoyance for Villa, so I'd like Villa to piss it up again, um, quite like last year, uh, and see Derby go up, uh, just so that it, it's probably more the what you see on social media of the Villa fans thinking that it's such a big club and that we deserve this and we deserve that, that, that makes me kind of want Derby to win that. Um, and... Robin's friend who we mentioned earlier is also my friend and I'd quite like to see Charlton go up. Friends! I, friends! Friends! Football friends! I'd quite like to see Charlton go up. I, I like Charlton. Um, but it, as much as I want Dee Smith to do well, uh, I don't want him to do that well. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going for Derby on that one. So you're, you're petty as well. Yeah. Um, Ali, how petty are you? I'm not petty at all. I... Um, I'd... I'd like to see Villa go up from the point of view. I have no animosity toward Dean Smith at all. Um, I think he's 100% with us when he was, for, when he was managed for, for us and I have no animosity towards him going to manage his, his boyhood club. And I, I think just for him, I'd like to see Villa go up. Um, in terms of who comes up, never got to go to the stadium of light last season because we were on a holiday, so it's a stadium I've not done. So just from that point of view, I'd quite like Sunderland to come up. Yeah, when well, no, I watched the, um, the 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 playoff game, I was out in Dubai. I watched the first leg um, with the Dubai Aston Villa fans, and it was a pretty incredible experience in in a kind of like an expat pub, which was a hotel pretty much. You know, obviously, obviously, anyone's been to Dubai, they know that if you can have a drink, it has to be in a hotel. But it was, the, I think, it was the Rose and Crown or something. Um, but it was packed with hundreds and hundreds of Villa fans that were living, living out there. It was really interesting to see that dynamic on the touchline. 
with Richard O'Kelly and you've obviously got, you know, um, Dean Smith, you've got John Terry, they're kind of like, he's, you know, I, I don't know how that dynamic works out. But Dan, do you, do you kind of, I mean, are you in a situation where you want everyone to screw up or do, do you just, is, is there someone that you actually want to succeed? I think I want um, Villa to succeed, providing Dean Smith doesn't get stabbed in the back by John Terry, which I think there's always that, that element to it. Um, you know, I think, like everyone else, really liked Dean Smith, he did really good for the job, it's just a shame he couldn't stay at the club and, and, and you know, get us as Brentford fans, as Brentford promoted. I do want Sunderland to go up, just so I can have a weekend up in Newcastle. I'm petty, I'm not going to lie, I just want a weekend up in Newcastle. So yeah, Sunderland to go up so we can go to Sunderland next season. Um... I want to see Derby go up. It's proper petty. Just want to see Richard Keogh playing in the Premier League again. Some of the <laughs> best strikers in the world. I think that'd be entertaining week in, week out. So, 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 so Derby, Derby are already defending the title of the worst Premiership team ever, aren't they? With not, is it nine or eleven points? Eleven points. So with um, with Keogh, I know that he's a big favourite of yours, the Allard, in in terms of the worst player in the championship so yeah that'd be interesting Sav uh, I'd like to play Aston Villa again next season but I'd also prefer them to go up <laughs> because I do like Dean Smith I think he's a, he's a good bloke and he's done well by us and um, yeah and I don't like Derby and I don't like, really like Frank Lampard but, uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, but coming up I would like uh, Charlton to come up I've got a Charlton mate as well uh, <laughs> but but I actually like him, so I actually I quite I quite like them to come up, so we can so, so we can play them and beat them three 0 at their grounds. Yeah, Jam, have you got any Charlton friends? <laughs> um, unfortunately not, um, but I have a very good uh, Villa friend. Um, <laughs> and I would like Villa to go up a because we'll get we'll get the extra money for Hogan. Um, I believe that was part of his contract. But I also think that Dean Smith going to the Premiership shows how English managers who start at League One, he did at Warsaw, he built that club up. He went to us, he built us, helped us rebuild after the Dijkhausen scenario. And um, that'd be great. Frank Lampard was parachuted into the job on his reputation, just sitting around BT Studios all day while Dean Smith was doing his work. So that would be great. And in terms of League One, uh, Sunderland to come up because I want a rebo from Charlton at Brentford Training Ground in July because he's very class player. Yeah, I mean, I... I <laughs> Sorry, mate, you got me... Ho- yeah. Mouthful of chips. You caught me there half chip. Um, yeah, so I'd, um, for me, I'd, I'd, I'd want Charlton to go up quite simply because if a Charlton game gets moved for TV, I can manage it a lot better than, <laughs> than if a Sunderland game gets married, you know, gets moved into the middle of the week. Um, and, you know, for our league, to be honest, I wish Dean Smith the best, you know, in his new job. And also, having been to Derby... For a match, I just uh, it's a terrible day out for me. So we always lose it. <laughs> I hear a lot of the Hogan money. This Hogan money, if they go up, let's just hope it's not calculated on the number of appearances he's had for them this season. Yeah, yes, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with everything that's that's kind of been said. You know, um, just don't want to play Sunderland on a win on a cold Tuesday night in the middle of November. But yeah, you know, I think. There's that so much potential. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. But no, yeah. Um, yeah, good luck to Dean Smith. Good luck to Aston Villa. Let's get them out of the league. And yeah, let's go from there. I've got one question. If Aston Villa go up 
are they more or less likely to snaffle some of our players? Less. Less. Well, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting question because, you know, like, at the moment, Romain Sawyers is, is an absolute, de- almost a dead cert to go to Aston Villa because of the Dean Smith um, link. Um, he's, put, he's a West Midlands lad and he's, you know, he, he, would, he would want to go there. In the Prem, are they going to take a risk on him? I, I think it's almost like there's different... For me, if they go up, it's Ben Rama and Mope, and if they mm. stay in the championship, it's Sawyers mm. and Barbe. You, do you know what I mean? I, I know Barbe's gone, but that's kind of where I see it. Yeah, but I, is it just us that thinks because of the Dean Smith uh, relationship with Sawyers that naturally he would go to Villa to follow him? Well, he's come from Walsall to Brentford. Well, no, but, but so what, what, what does that mean that he because he goes from Brentford to Villa just because Smith goes? Smith brought him to Brentford to play for Brentford and then Smith moves on doesn't mean that uh, Sawyers needs to go. No, no. Well, that's true. It's not, it's not an automatic. It's not, it's not a g- given. I mean, we've seen today that, you know, Ryan Wood went up to Stoke, you know, kind of, in inverted, inverted commas, went back home and it didn't work out. And I think if Sawyers went up to, if Sawyers went up to Villa, regardless if they're in the Premiership or the Champions League, I think he, he, he would struggle and he would sit on the bench. And I think he's better off He's better off staying at Brentford, where he could be a big fish in a small pond. Is Sawyer's going to displace Grealish? Is he going to go there and just sit on the bench like Hogan, sit on the bench or not play? I would, I would hope not, because you know you, you would hope that all, or any any player that leaves, you would want to go into a, the team that they sign for and play. But it doesn't happen, does it? I look at Woods, well, look at look at Woods, look at Simon Moore. You know, it doesn't always happen. Woods is a good point because bearing in mind um, it might be that they don't go up Woods is something that they would look at that um, Dean Smith would be looking at to get back in his team yeah like I mean don't get me wrong I you know Sawyers is one of my favourite players but he's not a premiership player he's a he's a he's a a high a top top championship player but I think if he went to the premiership he would struggle I I, I would say he is a premiership player but with Brentford and 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 I, that's why I would hope that we we keep, we keep him, Ed. I, I would agree uh, on on that, but also I think Woods is a Premiership player with Brentford. Uh, I I think Woods is probably the most technically uh, brilliant football player we've ever seen at Brentford. Uh, as in, instead of organising organising the pitch, organising players yeah, around him. Yeah, but he's no Denny Monday. <laughs> yeah, I'd still take Ryan Woods. Yeah, we'd have him back, wouldn't we? We'd have him back. We'd have him back. Would you have him back? As I said earlier, before, the, before we start recording, I'd have him back if we were playing the old system. But I think it, if, he, if we brought him back, it would, there would be a bit of nostalgia, a bit of cameo, but, but I don't think he suits the, the way I'm we play. And, hey. hey! Word up. Uh, word up. Word up. Words up. Um, uh, oh, that was awful. Sorry. Um, I'd, I'd have him back in the old system, but I think given the players we've got, and we, we want to be progressive, we want to move forward, and I don't think Woods is the answer. As much as I love him, as much as I love him, and as much as I think he's brilliant. Do you not think we miss him? Would you I'd definitely have him back. I think we have missed him this season. I also think that we'll lose one of Camo and Sawyers anyway. So I think to have him there, and I, I think he'd be a big, big, big asset to us next season if he came back. I just don't think it's ever really worked out when you when you get a player back the second think, time round. I think the comment about this, Robin's comment about the system. Um, I think Woods could play in it, but he couldn't play in it with Sawyer's. 
I mean, that's kind of where I. You know, there's always a danger when a when a Brentford player leaves to go to a bigger club. It doesn't work out, but it does. It has worked out. You know, when we had people like Talkowski, all right, fair enough. He went in a bit of a cloud, but he he was clearly a Premiership player. You know, you could see that from day one. Sawyer's. As much as I love the guy, he's not. He hasn't got that X factor to play in the Premiership, and that's what you need. I, 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 for me, I think actually, the the further Sawyer's moves up the league, the more time he gets, and potentially the more influence he'll have on the game. So, I, I, I think maybe against some of the, you know, okay, Man City pressing, he might might give him a bit of a problem. But in general, I think he'll do right. I think he'll do right. I, I, I can't see it happening. You know, we sold him for well, you know, what, what's rumored to be six million quid. Uh, we want that money. We don't want to dilute that back. back. You know, well, you know, he came back on a free. So we, 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 you know, Stoke are going to want to kind of like minimalise their their loss. They might learn. I was literally just saying that uh, of all the players that have gone and moved on to pastures new, whether it's worked out good or bad, Woods is the only player I'd bring back. Okay, so not great. Another swang. And then we, we are actually going to talk about our highlights or lowlights from, <laughs> from the season that has just finished. So, the season that was 2018-19. Bless you, Dan. Sneezing in the background. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to ask the first question. Personal highlight of the season. Robin Hood. Didn't even put my hand up. Thank you very much. Um, for me, it's quite a personal one. Um, I could have gone with some obvious ones, which I'm sure a lot of people will um, uh, will discuss secondly um, in a second. Uh, I've gone for Alan Judge's free kick at Arsenal. Uh, the reason I've gone for that is first and foremost, the highest away attendance, um, ten thousand people in that away end at Arsenal. The game was dead and buried at halftime. We, uh, with the day. The, the game was sort of arguably dead and buried 2-0 down at half time coming out in the second half let's give it a good go and for considering what's judge's circumstances the way he stepped up and it was an unbelievable free kick um, and cheering that on and his celebration sliding from the players I'm never going to forget that that was brilliant Sav I think uh, my personal favourite was the entire 90 minutes uh, away to Barnet I know Barnet were a non-league, but, I just, but it was so end-to-end. It was just a beautiful, beautiful game of football. And there were some great goals, and I just loved, loved that game. I mean, people, people have watched it on telly, because it was on telly, wasn't it? And people have watched it on telly, and they're all like, you know, sort of sending me messages saying, what a fantastic game, what an absolutely brilliant game. And it genuinely was. I really, really enjoyed those 90 minutes. I think for me personally, it was um, beating Leeds at home. They had a chance to get up into automatic promotion and we just slapped it down um, they looked worse for wear they're, they're at 90 minutes at the final whistle all their players were at the floor and that was a death knell to their promotion hopes um, for me it was leads away because it was the first time I went to Ellen Road absolutely loyal loyal, loyal. absolutely drunk as a skunk and you know sitting there trying not to throw up in the stands and we got away with the one 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 draw so i think yeah that, that's one of my that's like the top one of my highlights that's an interesting one <laughs> borough away it's got to be borough away it was to come we never win at borough and went there more in hope than ex, um, expectation and one nil down you thought, oh here we go and uh, to just come back and win two one and for Goddison to come on and really made that save. It was like, it was top day. We had a really, really, really good day. Really enjoyed that. 
Malpay versus Leeds fans. <laughs> <laughs> For me, my son's an old one, but Rotherham away. My son's at University at Nottingham, so I missed a lot of games in this season, but that was one he could get to easily. We won the third goal after they scored. Makocho, brilliant goal. Just to see us win an away league game. That was uh, enough for me. I'm, I'm going I'm to say the, the comeback against Blackburn Rovers. Um, I, thought, I thought that was incredible. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a Saturday game that could have gone horribly wrong. But it was at the time where they, the team seemed to think, whatever you give to us, we're going to just take it on the chin and we're going to stay focused and do what we do. If I could pinpoint a moment, it's the um, the late winner against Villa at home, which seemed to sort of it, it closed the Dean Smith thing off for me. Mm. I can now feel that I don't, you know, I'm, I'm. Whereas before that, I was so desperate for us to beat them and prove that we would move on as a club without Dean Smith, which is what was really important. Right, last comment before we move on to low light. <laughs> Um, I just want to, I think, Sav, remind me about that Barnet game. You know, it was mental, it was quality, it's everything you want in a football game. So that's one of my highlights and the, the 2-0 win against Leeds at home. I just throw in one thing. 4.45 on the first day of the season when we were top of the league. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that, that was true. That happened. That actually happened. We were top of the league. We didn't finish there, but we, we, were, top, we were top of the league. So, low light of the season. Anyone want to put their hand up? It's not a personal one. Obviously, I have to frame this one. Rob Rowan um, passing is, is, is clearly an, an obvious like, low light of Brentford Football Club season. Um, and, you know, to see the B team uh, be so focused for the memory of Rob in their, in their, in their sort of cup finals... It was it was quite a special moment, and I, and I think that you know, as all as as a football club, we are filled now with really nice people, and Rob was as as nice as you'll ever meet. So you know, rest in peace, Rob. To Rob. To Rob. To Rob. Well, cheers, 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 everyone. To Rob. But let's look back at the low light, the actual low light, personal low light of the season. Who wants to go first on this? The Allard. For me, it was um, when Swansea scored the third goal um, at the game against us at home. Um, we, you know, Thomas Frank was under an incredible amount of pressure already at that point, and it almost felt like that was the end of the road for him. Even though in my head, I just thought there's no way we've given him the job if he can't do it. I just, I couldn't. I'm, at, that, my, at that moment, my thoughts were were, were very confused. Uh, for me, it was uh, the moment uh, Neil Mopay went down injured at uh, Loftus Road just before half-time and uh, he was he was taken off, carried off and that could have been, we didn't know how long that was going to be for and we just... Was that actually this season? Yeah. That was this season and uh, the... Ten, Last season. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And the, the ten minutes after half-time in that game where we let three goals in, that was... It's almost a moment but it's basically about half an hour. At Reading away, we just didn't show up. It was an absolutely awful performance. I mean, Reading, to be fair, we're well up for it but my... God, it was awful. My personal one, QPR away, again, just, it gave those idiots hope. And, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it just, you know, to, to see them giving it large in, in, in their, their areas was, was just, it's not ever, it's never nice to see. Was that not because you were standing next to the Liberal Nick and me? 
Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, actually, no. Actually, that was the low light of my oh, season. Yeah. yeah. And we went to that weird games pub afterwards. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for me, for me, it was the Hull away game, middle of December, the week after the Swansea game that Matt mentioned. Yeah. My son had gone to uni. We were second in the table. I've been telling you how it had gone. We were at 19th. We let in two stupid goals. The Frank out cries that we were just terrible. And it snowed as well. And it took ages to get back. It was an awful day. I think for me, it was the uh, Sheffield United game at home. We were, we were awful, but we somehow were 1-0 up. Let it slip. Got to 2-2 and we conceded a stupid goal from a throw-in to lose it and I, I just thought it was the end of Frank then I just thought crowd were turning against him players didn't look like they were playing for him fully so I, I was just really really disappointed at that moment and another one for me was like the Sheffield United away game where we, we, we played against 10 men mysteriously for, for most of that game we, we lost 2-0 and we, we dominated. We had like 90-odd percent of the play. It was, it was one of those, like, no matter what we did, we were never going to score. And they, they seemed to have the beating of us, even with 10 men. Um, so my, uh, my first one is the Reading game. Reading game, I think, you know, we took something like 2,000 and just we didn't turn up from day one. Um, the QPR game... Uh, away, I, I was a little bit naughty and kind of disappeared from work for a little bit and uh, went to the game and yeah, that, that was horrible and the, uh, the Swansea game I think I said earlier to everyone here I'd recorded the game, turned my phone off um, got, got home, went home in the van, got a speeding ticket on the way home and then realised we had lost, so yeah, they're my three worst moments of the season So, let's get on to positive territory we're going to say best goal of the season for Brentford so I'm I'm going to go first this time I'm going to fuck it up for everyone else I'm going to say Ben Ramas against Blackburn that delicious delicious strike um, I think more so the, the combination of the actual technique of the goal the execution of it and uh, the occasion would be Malpe versus Villa for me um, I just think that last minute goal um, I thought it was absolutely fantastic um, thankfully no one else here wanted to say that either um, but um, I thought yeah I just thought that was, that was definitely uh, it looked like Edward's going to punch him because uh, it looks like it for me it's Ben Rama's first goal against Hull the move the finish on a personal note a guy I've been going to Brentford with for 40 plus years he came back after hip operation his first game and hobbled up the stairs with his stick the goal got him to his feet it was an amazing miracle brilliant goal hip hop <laughs> Uh, De Silva away to Millwall. Absolute pile oh, driver. Wasn't that gorgeous? Loved that goal. Loved that goal. Go on, Ed. Oh, I really enjoyed McEachran's goal against Birmingham. <laughs> uh, when he took that little free kick in the close, but oh, it was brilliant. That was one of my favourites. Oh, what a, what a player. What a player. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go... It, the um, goal that um, Canos scored away to Preston, um, in amongst that dire performance, was an absolute... Pearl. The way you ran, if it had run like that and just slotted it in the corner calmly, you'd have thought, yeah, it's a brilliant goal. But he did the run, cut in, and then just put it straight in the top corner from about 25 yards. It was brilliant. I think uh, Ben Rama's hat trick, uh, because the ball that Sawyer's played was meant for Moses, and Sawyer starts complaining, but then Ben Rama like swivels it in, and it's a beautiful hat trick, celebrates with um, on the bench. Great goal, great player. Mine's a bit weird, but um, I, I always think the easiest goals to score in football and the best goals to score when you pull it back to the, the penalty spot and there's and there's and players just turn up at the penalty spot and Makocha executed one of those absolutely perfectly at Rotherham away. Um, and to be honest, that's how easy football is. 
There was, I can't remember where it was, but there was a goal that was mentioned on the radio and it was like 12 passes. Uh, Stoke, Stoke away. Stoke away. Stoke Apparently Watkins, that's supposed to be. Yeah. That's it. There you go. Watkins, Watkins away at Stoke. You sound like you sound like you weren't there to to to, 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 to dedicate that one. Okay, so we move on now to defensive cock up of the season. Um, there's been it's been a oh look at those hands go up. Look at the hands go up. The Allard. Um, first minute against Swansea at home, um, oh, just oh, disaster. And in the first minute of a game where you just knew this was, this was just like I've already said, it felt like it was the end of the road. Thomas Stoke away when Bentley miscommunicated. Mepham just literally nods it straight into a Furby's path. Uh, Swansea in the cup when uh, Conta gets sent off. It was just really shitty tackle. Mm. Uh, Bentley's fluff uh, against Norwich at home. Done really well against top of the league and we let it go last, last few minutes. So yeah, I'm surprised. Surprised is not more. I'm, I'm, I'm sure everyone's at home going, "Oh no, you're what about? What about?" But yeah, we, we do try and forget the, the bad ones. Player of the season for me remains Sawyer's. Yeah. Um, it, it's not unanimous, but for me, he's the player that I probably will miss the most if if he does go. Not necessarily because we can't replace him. Just he's been an absolute beautiful player to watch, Ali. I completely agree with you. Um, Malpe is fantastic. All the goals he scored, but Sawyer's been player of the season, and I have to say he has every season he's become a better season, better player. He's added more to his game. You know he works so hard now. He puts in the tackles and as well as all those sublime passes and those little tricks he does. I, I think he's had a fantastic season. I'll argue for Neil Malpe's uh, player of the season. Not just his goals, his work rate. You seem to come sometimes come back into our own half to get the ball. And the way he winds the opposition up, I think when, if he goes, we will really miss him badly. Uh, we're going to get on to the shithouse room in a minute. <laughs> I, I think it really showed when he wasn't playing. Uh, I think Camo has got to be up there for player of the season. That he was a real, real joiner in that, in that team. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, the thing with Makocho is that and I think this is what defines a player of the season to some extent is that all our great performances were when he played and most of our bad performances were when he didn't it's, yeah. not, it's not absolutely scientific but it, that's what it felt like most of the season I remember when Sawyers first started playing for us the dogs abuse used to get in the paddock you know and it, it was all you know he'd never played in the league and people were on his back straight away and it's like give him time and now look at him you know he's definitely our player he's my player of the season so we're going to get on to the funniest moment of this season. And for me, and I'm going to go first this time, week in, week out, Fulham <laughs> provided that funniest moment. Yeah, Petty, they were brilliantly consistent. They were awful. And they're back in our division. They've, they've got, they, well, they've done their 100 million quid. That's already all gone. They've got their parachute payments, but I'm sure they'll waste that somehow. Uh, my finest moment of the season Cheltenham at home in the um, uh, Carabao Cup the Carabao Cup it's a fixture that isn't covered with very much glory uh, but I want to do a special shout out to a chap called Jordan Forster who was a substitute for Cheltenham at the time uh, who was should we say like myself and a lot of other people at this table follically challenged um, and was receiving a hell of a lot of chance about um, uh, about the oh baldy back we want our baldy back, and he was. The and then when he didn't get subs, uh, subs, he said, "We want the baldy." Took it really, really well. It just turned a very, very dire Tuesday night League Cup game into just a really joyous moment. So special shout out to him. 
Jean Vier's goal against Derby, uh, the little group that I stand with, we were all in the process of Ben Rama occasionally does the great, great corner, but most of the time he fails to beat the first man. And he beat the first man, and he seemed to beat everybody else. We were just all in the process of turning around, oh, for God's sake, what a awful corner. Oh, Jean Vier's just scored. <laughs> <laughs> Leeds fell apart again. Yeah. Funny enough, funny enough. Leeds related the Leeds fans who the Leeds fans who made their way into the paddock started getting very agitated when we were tuning up and they were escorted out and they were giving it the large in front of Brent fans in the paddock now if you anyone who sits where we sit in the paddock it's full of you know the older uh, fan group am <laughs> <laughs> I not your end uh, GP and like even the old Guys were giving them the uh, the old hand signals, so yeah, that the, the Leeds fans who thought it'd be good good to give it large in the paddock, liable to a crep to the head. <laughs> yeah, um, and just a special shout. This is sort of continued funny moments uh, to a couple of chaps that myself and uh, Ed the head uh, have got to know. Uh, friends, friends um, have got to know uh, on the Braemar Road where we go every half time to uh, William and Chris. They're both top lads and great banter. So thanks very much, and see you again next season. Well. So the, um, the the new award is the um, Neil Morpé Shithousery Award, <laughs> where there are there's some fine examples of this. <laughs> obviously, obviously Aston Villa away, which was a stamp, which isn't which wasn't necessary necessary to be condoned because it because it led to a, a, a lengthy ban. Which so shithousery is good if you don't get caught. That's what I was, it's a bit like shoplifting, really. It's, it's to be encouraged, but but only if it doesn't lead to a prison sentence but I'd say for me when Sergio Canos was down on the floor he'd been he'd been he'd been like crocked and he squirted cold water in his face <laughs> and so the shithousery to his own player so and then so like so Canos is looking around going what which cock has done that to me and it's his own oh. cock well not his own cock literally <laughs> it's, it's it's one of his own players I mean, it'd be interesting to that's well it's another YouTube video that I may I may may or may not have seen I won't go for the obvious. I go for the, the penalty at Barnet when after he scored it, he went up to the Barnet goalkeeper and had a word before he celebrates. Leads away, leads at home. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't. Um, I'm just doing the Neil Malpay away at Leeds and away at home. I think the, the secret one was Swansea at home where he, I think he did a little stamp on Olsen and he got away with it completely and uh, he did it on purpose as well. It's crazy. For me, it was the, the pre-match uh, of the, the home game against Leeds when he actually said when I score I'm going to go out to Leeds fans to put my arms out but the thing is he can only do that in the first half and on 44 minutes he goes and scores yeah. and goes out to Leeds fans and puts his arms out brilliant he, Neil Morpay we have to say is a player that you would want in your team every week of every month of every year but you certainly don't want to come up against him. He is very much a home player and he's a player that's going to get better and better, I think. And uh, I think, I hope he's going to be starting for us next season. If we can get another transfer window out of Neil Morpay, I think we would all be very, very happy. If we can get another full season out of him, if we can, if we can encourage him to start thinking about him being the player that plays for us in the Premier League, then uh, maybe we'll get him for more than that. Unless we've got someone better lined up. Yeah. Who knows? So, yeah, watch this space. So that's pretty much our, our season. Is there any 
chance? Is there any chance of the season? Anyone got any chance? The leaves are falling apart And there's a bees up, full them down. Bees up, full them down. Bees up, bees up, bees up, bees up, bees up, full them down. I was uh, at an event the other day and uh, the Magic Mod, who's a Fulham fan, was there. Yeah. I kind of went up to him and said, Bees up, Fulham down. He didn't look happy. <laughs> uh, I hope a lot of people enjoyed on the last home game of the season, all the fans bring out all the old Brentford chants, including my favourite of the Nathan Elder. Yeah. Cross the ball in front of the wing, it won't be long before we sing Nathan Elder, Brentford's number nine. Bounce! La 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 la. And obviously, the Brentford fans of a certain age would have been delighted that Watford got absolutely smashed in the FA Cup this Saturday just gone. So, a little twang, and we're going to just come back with a a couple of kind of closing thoughts. So, we're going to round this up. We've had a really good night in the George IV. We've had a couple of drinks. Yeah, we've had a couple of cold drinks. It's been a it's been a very hot day, but we've had a couple of cold drinks to celebrate, and we're gonna we're gonna round this off. We're not gonna do the what do you think is gonna happen next season because we'll we'll do that at the start of start of the next season. But what I will say is, we are going into the final season at Griffin Park, and it's gonna be a tremendously emotional experience for every single Brentford fan. And hopefully the Brentford players and obviously all of the um, executive staff, I hope we can make this something truly exceptional. Um, we all know what the ultimate prize is. We've, the fixture list comes out mid-June. And then we're all going to look at the final game at Griffin Park. We're not going to say a playoff game because we obviously hope that the final game isn't the final game. But if the fixture list comes out and it says final home game of the season, final match of the season is against who, what will make you happy, the Sav? Uh, I think it's going to be against Luton. (laughs) So we won't actually have to uh, take down Griffin Park. It will just come down. (laughs) 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 Uh, The the away fans will just run off with it. Very good. Nice one. Ian? I think I'd like to be against a team with not much away support, someone like Wigan, so we can get as many Bees fans in the ground as possible, maybe in the top tier of the away end. And I think I'd like it to be our last game of the season, not the game before last. Um, Birmingham, just to rub it in Harley Dean's face. <laughs> Very yeah. Uh, Robin stole that off me again. Uh, <laughs> Birmingham, uh, I'd, I'd love it, because the atmosphere and, and the tension between both clubs and just to have all of our Griffin Park rocking to get Brentford to win the last home game of the season against Birmingham would be brilliant. Leeds, just as long as we are... Are they in our division? Putting, oh, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. putting the knife into Leeds, stopping them getting automatic, stopping them getting into the playoffs or beating them to actually being champions or something like that. Champions a Malpay. Just the Malpay pose. Yeah, 20 years ago. Um, Preston, I think there'd be good beers in the globe afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, QPR, so we can relegate them into League One while... Having a little parade because we've won the league. <laughs> Fulham, QPR, Leeds, take your pick. I don't mind. Not overly fast, but I'd like to be QPR because Lionel Road will be so compl- close to completion. We can actually turn around to them and say, we've actually got two grounds better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Done it. 
Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, uh, one of our West London rivals. I'd say, just just to close it, uh, it, it to be historically factually correct, the first ever game at Griffin Park was against Plymouth. They're not in the run-ins. It, it, personally, I would love them to be the last game that was ever played there, just for closure. It, it wouldn't have been the best supported game like, to, to shut the ground. And our new CEO has, has a track record of uh, you know, looking after the Brazilian national team on their, on their, on their world tours. <laughs> so to get the Brazilian national team to shut Griffin Park would be quite quite nice but if you can't get the Brazilian national team maybe Plymouth <laughs> so uh, you know I'm not, I'm not sure many Devonians would be quite happy up for that but uh, we, we'll see Liberal Nick unfortunately will be probably quite up for that yeah so all that's left really for me to say is have a brilliant summer um, there will be some podcasts during the during the close season we're going to do a mad hoc um, there'll be stuff that needs to be reported on and you know we, we need to have a little bit of a break so thanks for listening to us the record numbers this year have been exceptional we've hit our millionth listener on the podcast which you know I have to say and we, we've hit our 500th podcast um, you know we, none of us earn any money out of this um, none of us have had any mortgages paid out of um, so you know thanks for everyone who's appeared on the podcast this year the, the Twitter feed the, the website will carry on we've got the Griffin Park book is, 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 is out there now so if, it, if you've not got it yet it's, uh, it's, a, it's a brilliant uh, coffee table book that shows Griffin Park in every era every year of its existence there's a couple of other books that are going to happen which I'll tell you about during the close season but really all that's left for me to say from the George the Fourth in Chiswick is come on you bees come on you bees Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.